Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bannon, and this podcast is brought to you by the HR Gazette. Today, we're extremely lucky to be joined by the amazing Kate Salmon, Communication Strategy Specialist at Toronto-based Learnography. Learnography helps people map out a successful learning journey. For more than 20 years, the company has set the standard for learning that empowers individuals and transforms organizations through experiences that make a lasting impact. Kate, welcome to the HR Chat podcast. Thanks, Bill. Happy to be here. It's awesome to have you here. (laughs) Kate, let's jump straight in. Um, What I didn't mention there is... uh, you and I have known each other for a wee while. You're also actually one of the community managers with the HR Gazette. Uh, you create fantastic content and always introduce us to awesome people and event opportunities and so on. Um, um, I think I've been uh, working. Sorry, <laughs> I think I've been working with the HR Gazette for over a year now and loving every minute of it. That's great to hear. Long may it continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let, let's learn a wee bit about your career history, though, before you. You got to uh, that role with the Gazette and, and your role with Learnography. Sure. Yeah, I have always wanted to be a writer, but in high school, I kind of hated the idea of just sitting at my computer by myself all day writing novels. So I studied rhetoric in university and got into marketing, writing proposals at an architecture firm here in Toronto. And I absolutely loved, you know, the social nature of marketing, loved contributing to the design of public spaces, and really got me thinking about how I could use my writing powers for a better purpose. And uh, found found my way to Learnography, which is really a great home for me because, you know, the power of education really can't be understated. Uh, I currently work um, with a great team of, of solutions people developing... Um, developing resources and like media, websites, stuff like that. Oh, I'll do that again. Uh, <laughs> I work with a team of instructional designers that specialize in you know, creating beautiful learning. And my job is to distill their knowledge to take what they know about learning and share it with uh, our, our audience through blog posts or other publications. Can you add to that by giving us an insight into the average work week for Kate Salmon? Sure. I mean, I'm sure any marketing professional knows you're probably touching 20 or 30 different things every day. That's part of why I love my job. A lot of it's, you know, sending emails, making sure that all the new opportunities that we're getting are are getting the right people on it. I actually meet with a design team and I take client requests to them and say, you know, how can we meet these needs? How can we design the best resource for them? And then I write a lot of proposals, distilling our service offering to the clients and uh, meeting with clients to go over, you know, the different specifications of the project. And then the the more fun side of my work, I would say for me, is uh, the writing, writing blogs, writing website content. Occasionally we write, you know, for, for larger publications like the HR Gazette and, uh, and, and working with the team to decide what new pockets of... Uh, what new communities we can reach out to. Awesome. Okay, now here's a hard-hitting question for you. Yeah, you, right. work for, you work for a learning solutions company. So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear what are your in-house learning policies and strategies. Yeah, great. Uh, we 
take our role in the learning space really seriously, and we are constantly thinking of ways to, you know, demonstrate the value of learning. Because a big part of what I do and what we do is advocating for in-house training. So we really want to practice what we preach. And we do it in a lot of small ways, but the two big ways are individual learning plans for everyone on our team. So, you know, everyone has an area of development that they've identified. Mine is project management, and I actually got sent back to school a couple months ago to study project management at Ryerson um, in order to move into, you know, a new role. And we have, you know, our sales guys taking sales courses. Our social media girl is going to, you know, a social media school. Um, and everyone has a different kind of trajectory. And that kind of formal learning is supplemented by in-house coaching. So we have a great director, Juliana Tricolocina, who works with us one-on-one -on -one to build in the direction that we're looking to go to. I come to her with you know, any concerns I have, any questions I have about the new project management role that I've taken on. And uh, she works with me very hands-on to make sure that um, I have the support I need to try new things and grow. Wonderful. Listeners, um, I'm, I'm delighted to, to mention that Kate has recently received another promotion because uh, she is wonderful at her job and continues to climb that learning career ladder. Uh, yeah, and that, and that kind of growth really wouldn't be possible without the in-house learning that we do, right? It, it, a lot of companies, I think, bring someone on, they have a specific role in mind, and they bring someone on to fill those needs, which can always be really tricky, finding the perfect person to fit uh, a job description. Instead, we find good people, and then we identify competency gaps in order to fill them. And you know, once you've, once you've flourished to the fullest extent of your role, then the question becomes, well, where do you want to grow next? Where do you want to take your role? And I think everyone at the company has you know, a different trajectory in mind. We have different, you know, growth plans for them, and uh, those kind of conversations are constantly evolving, which is great. Okay, so you, you've touched on it just then, but um, if you could offer, I don't know, two, three uh, benefits of a robust learning policy. What, oh, right, I've gotten ahead of us, right. <laughs> so yeah, certainly yeah. I think that growth is really great, um, and the resulting employee engagement, I would say, is the biggest benefit of, of a learning policy, demonstrating that the organization has taken um, a stake in the development of their team really you know, makes people excited to come into work, excited about, instead of worrying about what new things they might be assigned or not doing things that they don't want to do, it's a question of what, what can I take on? How can I stretch and grow into new areas? Um, and having the support um, of coaching means that when we are stretching beyond what we're stretching outside of our comfort zone, we know we have that safety net and we know that um, that tolerance for failure is built into um, a learning mentality. So we're more willing to try things and willing to fail, which is, which is great. Uh, another byproduct of a team that's constantly growing is that we don't have to do as much outsourcing or recruiting because instead of saying, hey, we need more graphic design hands, it's not a question of finding someone who can do graphic design. It's a question of, hey, who wants to learn graphic design? Which is a lot of fun. I think a lot of people on our team, because graphic design is a big part of creating great learning. So a lot of us have had our hands in, in the design to various degrees, and we're all at various stages of learning, um, which means that we can learn from each other as well as learning from uh, 
an official coach. So yeah, I, I think it makes for a great environment. It makes for a very trusting environment and uh, an environment where everyone's excited to come into work in the morning, which is great. <laughs> so you, you've spoken about the environment and the people, um, hmm. but can, 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 you, can you help me try to understand what makes for a good learning resource? What, what does that look like? Ah, that's a great question. And I think the what makes for a good resource really depends on the audience. A lot of the instructional design work we do starts with understanding the specifics of the audience, whether it's age level, amount of experience, where they're located. A lot of times we're dealing with English language learners or bodies of people that maybe don't um, have a high level of literacy. So we tailor the resources to the audience. Um, one universal principle that I try to apply to, to any project I'm working on is brevity. I mean, I think everyone knows like, time, is a, is a, time is a very precious resource. And if we can take something that was an hour and make it five minutes while covering all of the learning objectives that our clients have set out, then you know, the, the chances of people taking the, re taking the, whether it's a learning module or watching a video, is going to go up. And the chance that they're actually going to remember what they've learned also goes up. So a lot of what we do, um, or a lot of what I do when I'm looking at scripts or learning resources is editing and distilling complex material into something that's a lot more digestible. So brevity, accessibility, I would add, whether that means making something universally designed so it can be on mobile and people can access it you know, anywhere, or you know, up upholding the standards of the AODA, which is another thing that Learnography always uh, does with our clients. We always maintain accessibility standards to make sure that you know, closed captions are included and all the various checkboxes are, are checked off so that people can, people, everyone can use them. And uh, this is more personal probably, but I always try to, to put together a resource that's funny or somehow engaging. For me, it's humor. Humor really uh, goes a long way to keeping my attention and, and making an experience memorable. But depending on the content, we'll take different approaches to make sure that it really resonates with the audience. I could go yeah, on for a while. <laughs> that's probably yeah, that's those are the top three: accessible, short, and funny. <laughs> that's great, thank you. And, and and you threw humor in there as well, which is uh, extremely important to us at the the HR Gazette. Yeah. Uh, some yeah. some some of the things that we talk about are a wee bit drier, so it's always good to be able to throw a bit of humor in there. I'm always um, trying to bring the humor. I mean, our HR chats, I think, benefit from. Uh, my <laughs> my particular brand of humor, but it might just be me that's enjoying it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, uh, what Learnography does, um, but it begs the question: why why operate as a as a nonprofit in a space that's predominantly um, for profit? What what was what was the rationale when Learnography was set up, and what, why is it geared <laughs> towards uh, a, a nonprofit path? Yeah, yeah. This is a question I answer a lot at conferences when I'm introducing the organization to someone and, you know, they're coming from either a bank or, you know, a bigger a bigger organization and they're like, "Wait, nonprofit? <laughs> it's such a it's such a unique attribute to have in in what we do." Um and especially when they see kind of we show up with this big giant booth and all kinds of fancy flyers, um and they almost don't believe us. But it's a really important 
piece of who we are and something I always bring to the forefront because um, because we're driven more by a desire to change uh, to change the learning space than to find you know the most lucrative client, and that allows us to really be more creative in the kinds of work we do, and in and more impactful in the clients we serve. Something I should have started with. Juliana would slap me on the wrist for not having said we don't actually use the term nonprofit internally. We use the term for purpose because we don't like to be defined by what we're not. We're not defined by the fact that we don't seek out profits. We're defined by the fact that we serve a purpose, a learning purpose, and we try to promote that in our work with all our clients. For purpose. I love that. That's a great mm -hmm. term. Yeah. Uh, can you offer us a view into your organization's broader HR policies? Sure. Uh, we have a lot of you know, learning policies as I went over, but that kind of tolerance for failure, that forward-thinking mentality carries through to a lot of the other HR policies we have. Uh, my, my favorite, my personal favorite, is the innovation challenge that we do once or twice a year. Uh, Amy, our CEO, discovered this challenge at, uh, out of a conversation she had at a conference, I think, and came back all excited, like, okay, guys, we're putting together a budget of $5,000, and we want to hear pitches from the team, from everyone at the office about what they would want to spend it on, how they want to change the office. And people came, we had all kinds of fun presentations. One of our team members did a rap in order to try to get improv classes at, at, a, at, a, at a comedy uh, theater. Um, another one of us, <laughs> okay, another one of us, me, I did, an, <laughs> uh, I did a, an interpretive dance. We had a number of different pitches that really ran the gamut, and uh, it was really cool to see the different ideas that came forward. We've ended up, now we have a masseuse that comes into our office once a month to uh, offer free, not free massages, but they're covered by our health plan, and uh, there have been a number of other great kind of innovations that have come out of that. We also do um, a lot of work with students. So we you know, partner with the University of Waterloo and Wilfrid Laurier University to bring in co-op students every term. And this supports our HR because it, you know, it's our first lead into new full-time staff. But it also means that we get you know, fresh blood every four months and we get a new perspective, we get fresh ideas that have really helped to support our work. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're getting to that part of the podcast now where we're we're starting to wrap up. Um, before before we do that, Aww. though, <laughs> I know we'll have you on again for sure. Okay, uh, you before, better. <laughs> <laughs> before we do that, though, can you can you tell me a little bit about any uh, any initiatives coming up for Lenography? Any any events that perhaps you're sponsoring or uh, you'll you'll be attending? Uh, where, where can we see the wonderful folk from Lenography? For sure. Yeah, well, I mean, the first and easiest way to find us is to go to our website, which is learnography.ca. We have a blog there that I contribute to regularly, as well as a lot of other fabulous people on the team. And that can give you an idea of you know, the kind of work we're doing and where we're going to be. Uh, we also have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for kind of the goofier stuff that we do. So we're all over social media if you want to look for us there. But if you want to see us in person and you want to accept any substitutes, we are going to be at the Institute for Performance 
and Learning Conference in November here in Toronto. And we're very excited about it. The whole team will be there. So look for our big blue booth and come say hi um, if you're going to be there. And you should be there. I think the, uh, the trade show is open to, to everyone. So, so try to make it out. We're also going to Montreal in November for the HR Management Conference. And we're going to be speaking in Vegas. Julianne is going to be speaking at DevLearn in November as well. So it's going to be a busy November. Um, and we're looking forward to it. Wow, sounds like there are loads of awesome things going on. There always are, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> there always are with you, definitely. <laughs> ah, thanks. Kate, uh, thank you very much for being our guest today. Uh, this has been wonderful. It's always a lovely experience getting a chance to have a chat with you and, and learn what's going on at Dernography. Um So thanks again. And until next time, listeners, this has been HR Chat Podcast brought to you by the HR Gazette. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.